Hello, everybody. It's me, producer Ross, and welcome to another edition of Game Day Extra Time, the show where the fans have their say on their club. The first one of 2021. So, Happy New Year to all the guys who are on tonight. And it is the Game Day regulars, and also a man making his debut. And I'm going to go to him first, and that is Martin Die. Marty, to everybody else. Um, how you doing, my friend? Of course, Swindon Town wasn't good, was it? Same old story. We're starting the year with a defeat. 3-2 against second bottom of League One. Uh, your quick recap on that, and uh, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Cheers. Um, yeah, just like re- really disappointing again. You know, a month without a game, you get all excited for, for a... a, a, a watching football again and uh, after 90 minutes you wonder why you were getting so excited in the first place but yeah <laughs> just disappointing really cool and then I want to go over to good old Thomas next because he's the next person I can see on my screen uh, we spoke of course after the game um, on Saturday and we weren't very happy were we uh, happy new year to you um, I know we're now 14 days into to the new year, but it's still you can still chuck that happy new year thing out. Um, but yeah, your your quick recap, anything you want to talk about from the, the Swindon defeat? Yeah, I've got one or two things. Um, I mean, we were rubbish. Uh, this, you know, you can't say anything different. It was pants. But, um, and to be fair to them, their second goal is class, if we're allowed to mention it, of course. But yeah, um, yeah, it was a great goal. Um, but yeah, we were, we were crap. Um, thing that I have coming from it really is we keep talking about this Calvary that's going to save our season let's say it's going to you know they're going to come back going to start winning and everything but the thing is and yet the argument which we'll get to in a minute to my response here is you know that we we had these players last season and we still finished 11th yes granted we're rotating yes the system wasn't how in place like it is this season even though it's still pretty rubbish. But for me, I just don't think it's going to save our season like people think it is. But at least then, there's no excuses. If we've got Downs back, we've got Norwood back. Like if we play Burton on Saturday and we lose, there's no excuses now because we've got more of our best better players back. And that's when you kind of start thinking, yeah, there's, he's definitely got to go now. Definitely. There's no, no other way about it. Um, so for me, yeah, the Cowboys got to come back and potentially save our season but I can't see it happening especially with, like last season we went to Lincoln lost 5-3 and you know we had he's not here anymore but we had Garbutt in there we had Chambers at the back at centre back with Wolford and we had Edwards yes he was right wing back but he's still one of those players that's going to save our season we had Downs Dazelle in the field you know Norwood and Jackson up front it's it's not I just can't see it happening in terms of for us pushing forward um others may disagree because we've got a system now and it might potentially change our season the way that they're hoping for but um yes that's one point i want to make after that's winning game and secondly i know i mentioned it on game day but like i said before how it was before before the game they put a video about all the tributes to the people who died last year and we had two deaths beginning of the year before that game and it was supposed to be a tribute to that and we played rubbish um as i've already said and you kind of think no one cares at the club but then it got me thinking since then and like Katie and I have both talked about it to my fiance by the way before we name drop get accused of not name dropping and not saying who they are but um we were saying then it it reminded me back under Mick under 2016-17 Katie used to work at Panaflu and she used to work in the churchman's Sir Ralph stand South stand whatever you want to call it 
signing programs. And she used to say then she used to feel sorry for the people, especially the older generation who were coming in there, coming there every Saturday. You know, this was kind of their life, looking forward to the game. And they'd play rubbish and you'd get nothing for it. And you'd feel sorry for the people who kind of look forward to these days and get nothing from it. But for me, the way I see it now, it's much, much worse at present than what it was back then. Because for a start, we're in lockdown. We need an outlet. We need something to sort of boost our spirits. And then we go out and play like that. You know, it's, it's, we, went, we finished our lowest league position last year in, since 1953. And I just think it's a disgrace at the moment, um, to be honest. And something needs to be done. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, listeners, get ready for a, <laughs> a very depressing, depressing show, it sounds like. Um, but it is what we are in the moment. I'll try my best to bring the levels up a little bit, but it's going to be difficult. But I want to go over to good old John next because it's snowing in Donny. Good old Doncaster. Um, how you doing, John? I'm going to say Happy New Year one more time. And then I'm just going to say Happy New Year to everyone else now. So there we go. Because I don't want to say Happy New Year every time because we're 14 days into 2021. And it's already been been crap as well. But uh, John, at a feat to start the year, not good. Hi, Ross. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me on as always, Ross. Um, yeah, snowing and Donny today. Um, and also, apparently, Donny have sold one of their best players today as well on the way to Preston North End, which we might get onto because that might free up some transfer movement. But, um, yeah, I've got to say, um, I agree with what Thomas has just said about the video, a touch of class from the club producing it beforehand. I think that was a nice uh, touch. I said that on game day on Saturday. Um, I was really feeling funny about um, Ipswich being back on well, on telly as it was, um, rather than just um, I follow, um, because there was a big part of me wanted to be really up for watching football again and see my, my team player having missed it over Christmas and uh, the, the festive period. Um, and there was a little bit of me thinking, I'm not sure I'm, we're going to, you know, enjoy this very much. But, you know, as the game started, I was quite optimistic and I sent out a tweet going, come on, let's show us the, the start, the, the restart our season with a bang sort of thing. And my God, it was awful, wasn't it? It did. It was really awful. There's very little to point out. We're not going to go into huge detail because, let's be honest, there's not lots of positive things to um, pull out of it. For me, in the first half, I thought Dizel looked okay and probably our best performer who was on the pitch for the majority of the game or all of the game was Judge because he was played in position. And I know we've all given Judge a bit of stick um, because I don't think he's ever reached the standards we know he's capable of. And he's frustrating in that. But he had probably one of the brightest games for us for a while. I was delighted to see Downs back in the squad. And when he came on, for somebody who's been out for a while, when he came on at half-time, he made he didn't look any less fit than half the play. I mean... If Hughes was match fit and Downs was only half match fit, my God, what does that say about Amelia Hughes at the moment? Because he was whoa, he was anonymous. I couldn't run around wearing a, a shirt and do my hair to look a little bit different and and no, not influence the game in any single way, shape or form. And that's what I'm afraid Hughes did. Um, but I thought Downs coming on was a positive. Um, and, and I've got to say... Despite some of the challenges Norwood presents 
um, as a probably as a character to manage and as a kind of you know his off field antics sometimes you know his driving issues and his uh, um, social media he had a hunger and a fight that was something different so I've tried to find the four positives Dazel was okay Judge was played in position Downs and Norwood were returning but we got beaten by the second bottom team who had new signings returning signings uh, a manager's only been with them for a couple of years um, and as Liam um, pointed out in a, in a tweet on, on Saturday their manager's um, only been um, with them Sheridan's only been with them since November and they seem to have a, a way of playing an identity uh, an energy a togetherness an understanding all the things you might expect from a team we don't and that's um, a fair reflection I also want to just throw in one other thing is um, I know Mr Lambert says that lots of people are referring to these days um, nay normal Paul um, is getting a lot of crap from a lot of people at the moment I didn't think he looked very well and he's uh, listening to the Kings of Anglia pod this afternoon um, it's clear that he hasn't been very well at all pneumonia as well as COVID and that kind of thing and you know as much as we're going to give him some shit and I'm going to give him some shit because he, he's out of his depth and failing as a manager let's be honest in the grand scheme of things we hope him and his family are all well and that goes with everybody because these are shitty times so let's just remember he's a human as well he's uh he's a uh, probably a very honorable man a decent guy he's just not very good at managing Ipswich Town at the moment so let's keep that in perspective yeah Definitely well said there, John. And um, you already name-dropped somebody, and that is good old Liam from Crew. Just looked at the League One table. Crew are one point um, below us at the moment, so they could be jumping over us at some point. They're, they're five games unbeaten. They're doing really well. And uh, after the game, Liam, I said the P words, ponderous, predictable, poor. Um, can you add another P and your your take on the Swindling game? That's it. Yeah. One. <laughs> it was... It was... <laughs> I mean, there's three words to describe that. Same old story. It's 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 just the same old again. I mean, um, I'll first of all, I think um, name drop someone else uh, in the fact that I think John is referring to Harvey, who made that tweet rather than myself. Um, <laughs> although I'll take the credit again, um, but <laughs> I mean. You make the point about crew there. They were 3-0 up against Rochdale on Saturday. Had they hung on in that second half, had they, had they won that game, they would have gone ahead of time. They collapsed and drew 3-3 in the end, so they didn't go above us. But that just shows you where town are right now, that the teams below them are dragging them back into that mid-table. Uh, crew are coming back. Oxford are coming back like a train at the moment. Um, and to be honest, it, it wouldn't surprise me if we don't find ourselves um, probably between 10th and 12th place uh, in the next few weeks, to be honest, because that's where it's going. Um, it, it's the same old story that it's been all season. The only reason why Town are not looking to press any kind of eject button for Paul Lambert is because they are right outside the playoffs because it is so congested. Um, and it isn't right because it shouldn't just be about what the league table shows. It should be everything. And the easy, 
the the proper Ipswich Town fan, even just the neutral who watches any Ipswich games, can see that the football is 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 really slow. Um, and it was the same again. I mean, that first half was a business. Um, and then the second half wasn't much better. Downs Norwood, they improved it, and that's and that's good. But um, yeah, that, <laughs> we we created what three, maybe four chances in the whole of that second half, um, and we weren't exactly banging on the door um, and trying to knock it down. Uh, to get back in the game. Um, we got the equaliser. You think we go on and win. And then we just keep making the same mistakes again. Um, and as soon as we're 3-1 down, okay, 3-1, you think yeah, it's a bit of a way to get back into it. But you still had 15 minutes against a team who are second bottom in the league. You think, oh, we can, we can get back into this uh, contest if we push them for 15 minutes. And we didn't. And we got a goal back late on. It was a neat, neat bit of play. But apart from that, I mean, the goalkeeper didn't have to make any saves and the defenders were not forced into any last-ditch tackles or anything like that. So they fully merited their win. And to be honest, I just don't see where we're going to get a different script at the moment. Oh dear, that's going to be a long one tonight. I just have that feeling. Um, I want to then introduce the next man, good old Harvey. Oh, Harvey, Harvey, Harvey. Uh, 2021 has started the same way as 2020, well, when 2020 started, basically. Um, <laughs> a terrible start. And yeah, uh, your your take on the Swindon game, of course, you're going to echo what everyone else has said, but your your take. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll start with the positives. <laughs> um, Downs and Norwood coming on was a was a huge a huge boost to us. I thought Norwood in particular made a massive difference. Um, I think he look, he looks a lot more lean than like me after Christmas. Um, but uh, I think he made a big difference. Downs I, I think looked a little rusty at times, but that's to be expected after so long out. He still I thought even twenty percent of his of his full potential. I think he still made a difference, which probably you know. Explains what a, what a massive player he is to us. Um, but going back to what you know, what I said on the weekend, it's just it staggers me how much of a game plan and how every single Swindon Town player knew what they were going to do on that pitch. I think within the first, I would say, no more than five minutes into that game, it was blatantly obvious what Swindon were trying to do. They knew we were we were vulnerable in, in the full back areas. They knew full well that we had two 35-year-olds that would tire by the minute and they targeted it. And, you know, fair play to them for having a manager who, you know, a manager who I don't rate particularly highly, I have to say. But he's got a plan in place there and he's got, he's stamped his authority on the squad. And he only took over on November the 13th. We've had Paul Lambert for two years. And, I mean, you look at the way we were playing or the way we were trying to play. I don't think there was one player, arguably Norwood, when he came on in the second half and we went a little bit more direct, that that knew what our game plan was. And we all we just looked confused all the time. We looked like we didn't know where to pass it next. We, you know, the judge made a few decent runs, who I thought was was good, but all in all, it was just so so poor. Predictable has been said so many times in this pod, but. It really is. It really is. And we're so, so easy to play against that 
as long as we've got Chambers and Ward, you know, on, in in those fullback areas, clubs are going to target them. They, they're going to they're going to say from the first minute, attack the fullbacks because you'll get them behind, and that happens so many times against Swindon. It's it's unbelievable. So, you know, going to go into transfers a little bit later, but those fullback areas have to be addressed because otherwise, we're not going up. It's as simple as that. Um, you know, there's some good. There's some good wingers in this league. You look at Ronan Curtis from Portsmouth and a few others who would just tear Warden Chambers apart, you know, easily. Um, so, no, I wish I could be more positive. Norwood and Downs are the main positives, are the only positives from that game you can take. Um, and I'm not looking at Saturday with much confidence, um, unfortunately. I wish I was, but I'm not. I do not blame you, sir. Um, let's get into then the last two friends on this podcast. I'm going to leave David to last because uh, well, he's, he's going to segue into the next feature. No, no, you don't deserve it. I'm just you'll segue into the next bit. So there we go. Um, but yes, good old Matt is here. Uh, AK view from the U2, all that jazz. I don't know why I'm bringing all my catchphrases out there. Stupidly, I don't know why. Um, but Matt. 14 days into 2021, town have lost. Twitter's been very toxic and it's meltdowns and all that jazz. Um, said it again for some reason, don't know why. Um, your take on the defeat, uh, we've had five days to reflect on it. Uh, yeah, not good. Hi, Ross. Happy New Year to you and everybody else and all that jazz. Yes. <laughs> Swindon three, Ipswich two. It was a, it was a, it was a funny old game, as the old cliche goes. Um, I'm sure I wasn't the only one thinking I oh, will be alright. It's Swindon, they're second from bottom. We've got a, we've got a pretty, we've got a pretty decent team on paper, and uh, lo and behold, nobody really turned up, and it turned out to be a bit of a, a bit of a sham. I was going to say shit show, but it's a family show, so I won't. Oh, it did. Um, so yeah, I mean, let's 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 pick up on a couple of points. There was let's go let's go the positive points. Um, Norwood, a couple of the guys have mentioned it so far. Um, the only person that showed a bit of hunger, a bit of fight, a bit of desire, and I think we have we have missed that. Um, what his best role is as a striker, I'm not quite sure. I'm not I'm not sure who who our best player to to play off him is. But it was good to have him back, if only for like a half of football. Um, also. Flynn Downs, definitely a bit ring rusty. He's, he didn't really look um, at the races when he was fit at the start of the season, to be honest. I think he's still possibly recovering from having his head turned and is he going, is he staying type thing. Um, but yeah, and, and and Alan Judge, our old friend Alan Judge, who throws his boot in the air when he scores. And he was... He was all right. It just goes to show when you when you play a when you play a player in the position he's like best at, he actually does all right. Which, which there we go. But I think in in the formation that Mister Lambert, as we're calling him, plays, um, I, I I can't see a, a ten fitting in. But that's that's my, not my not my decision. It's uh, it's not a game of football manager. Um, I think we'd be doing a lot better if if myself or even David was was managing us. Um, let's get to the, the to the nitty gritty. Of um of where we were exposed, we've mentioned fullbacks. Um, you know what? Yes, they are thirty-five, but they're still both decent players. I think what didn't help um, 
and this this has been mentioned on Twitter, is the fact that they've got two players in front of them that aren't natural wingers. They're, they're, so effectively, both fullbacks were having to cover entire flanks against younger, fitter, faster players that had that had a bit more ex, ex, not experience because they're both thirty five and have played hundreds and hundreds of games. But they were they were exposed. Um, Dobra. He was he was he was all right, but again, you're playing a number ten out wide. Um, Caden Jackson, why play the the one of the fastest strikers um, in League One? Why play him on the right hand side when he's not willing to take people on, and when he does get to a position where he wants to cross, he passes it diagonally and and gives the ball away. Um, I thought Dizel. Dizel was, was 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 off form. I, I think we did have a plan, but literally the plan was um, to do our usual thing on the edge of the box and kind of pass it around and kind of wait for people to move, which never happens, and then give it to Dizel, who looks to who will look to ping a ball. Um, and I think was it their first goal? Possibly was it Chambers tried a, a nice kind of. I remember Frank LeBeuf doing these, a nice diagonal pass across the field, gave it away to Swindon. Show my ace there, really, aren't I? And then um, they they went and scored. Um, apparently that geezer used to play for the team up the road, but I don't really remember him. So, yeah, really, really, really poor. I mean, yeah, like some of the other guys said, I was, I was well up for this. I was really excited. My girls were excited. I did my usual thing where I turn our living room into a bit of a, like a bit of a fan zone, like game day type thing with shirts and scarves and stuff hung up everywhere and um yeah it was just a bit meh really but you know that i'm going to do the same thing in in two days time on saturday so um yeah there we go very poor very disappointing and we are running out of games to climb the league and get promoted closer back to the promised land so uh, that's me done thank you well there we go manners as well thank you there matt yeah. Um, now then, David, uh, 20 minutes in now, and a lot's been said on the Swindon game. I'm sure you'll echo what everyone else has said. Um, you know, one thing I think, you know, I missed was a Boxing Day game. You know, we haven't, you know, spoken since, um, you know, the new year. Um, so, you know, we missed the Boxing Day game. We missed the game on New Year's Day. And then we're waiting for this game after Third 25 round of the cup, yeah, for obvious <laughs> reasons we know we probably would have lost it anyway, but it's still still nice. Um, but yeah, what else would you like to add to that? And you know, segue into the next little topic. Uh, well, I mean, it's exactly the same as everybody else has said, isn't it? it it's um, little positives in Judge, who I am critical of, but he played well because he was in the middle. Um, Good to see Downs and um, Norwood back. Do I think that having um, half a dozen people back from injury is going to make an immense difference? No, I don't, because they were here last season um, and you've still got an imbecile in charge. Um, so, and no, I don't think we're going to see KVY back this season. So that's we're, we're going to be stuck with, Lamb, uh, with um, Chambers and Ward at fullback. And yeah, I do get what... Um, Matt was saying, you know, that it's about what's in front of them, but I just don't think they've got the dynamism to be pushing forward. So, and I don't think it was a wonder goal. I said it on the after the game. I think that it was um, a well-executed goal, but it was facilitated by us giving him all the space and time to be able to have a little think about it, practice it, 
in his head and do so first. It was just crap from beginning to end, really, with sort of small flashes of sort of um, hope here and there. And like most of the last three, four years, then it's the small flashes of hope and then it all goes to tits up uh, some seconds later and you just go, which makes it worse. If it was just crap all the way through, you go, OK, yeah, we're Notts County. But when you've got those little flickers of sort of, sort of things pop up, you know, then you, sort of, you you can turn this round. It can be different. You can get that player back You can get that player back. You just it, all it needs is that one extra thing. Um, an injury-prone midfielder from Preston, perhaps. Maybe, maybe that's the thing which turns us into um, the new Barcelona. Um, no, it, it's... It's going to carry on doing exactly the same thing, basically. And if, we'll, if we beat Burton 2-1, then we'll come up against the net and we'll get a hope and this is going to be a run and then it'll all go horribly wrong. Swindon's just a repeat of everything that's gone before. And I'm repeating what other people have said. So I will stop that. What I would like to say is I. There are a lot of experienced players out there and we've got a mismatched squad in the fact that we've got a lot of um, pensioners and we've got a lot of relatively young players. We haven't got many in that prime element of sort of 26, 27, 28. And. Regardless of that, you look at Wolfenden, you look at, I mean, even someone like Dobra, and perhaps he's, especially someone like Dobra, who I felt sorry for because he's got grief for not being world beater against Swindon. But he, he's, how is he supposed to influence the game out of position, but also when the ball comes to him so late that everybody's managed to get back behind him? You're relying on, if, if you don't get the ball forward quickly to people, they're not going to be able to influence the game because everybody's already defending. But all of those players you've got out there have got the ability, once they cross that line, to say, bollocks to the moron over there, this is what we're doing. Yeah, this is the formation and things like that, but you can make a decision. You know, you can ignore your boss. I used to do it a lot when I had one. I used to have a head teacher who would tell me to do stuff and I'd go, hey, he's talking shit. I'm going to do my thing. And occasionally, normally when it was a new head teacher, they'd come along and say, I told you to do this. And I'd say, yeah, no, but I'm not doing it because it's crap. And I'd then explain exactly why they'd tell me I had to do it because they were in charge. I'd produce a folder of evidence to say why they were wrong, point out my results, and I'd get away with it time and time again because that's just who I am. But if you are on that pitch... You're making the decision about where to put a ball. You're making the decision about whether to play that ball quickly forward because there's a run. You're making the decision, if you're Jackson and you're out wide, you're making a decision that actually, I'm not a winger, never have been a winger, so I'm playing here, just tuck in a little bit more as an inside forward and I can cut into the box, which is what Edwards was doing early doors on the left-hand side. You make those decisions in-game. That's not down to the manager. And I think that that is my really interesting thing because it, I've been thinking this a little while and what Wolfenden said really kicked in for that, for me, is the fact that you don't have to do what an idiot is telling you to do when you're employed by him. You can do something different. You can, If you're a teacher, you can shut the door and go, he's a moron. I'm running the class this way. 
I've had really good managers and head teachers, and I've had really rubbish ones. I'm sure those players have had good managers and they've had rubbish ones. They can still do it. And that was the interesting bit from me, from that really heartfelt and passionate conversation that Wolfenden had. And I really appreciated that because it was honest. If we'd have had a senior player who ought to have been out, let's be honest, but if we'd have had a senior player, he would have come out with platitudes like we go again, it's disappointing, we take some positives, we're back on the training ground, we work hard, we go again. And we would all have been yawning. I like the fact that Wolfenden was honest, he was open and he was clearly upset by the whole thing and frustrated. And I like that. But the other one, and John and I have had a disagreement about this a long time ago, about losing dressing rooms and not working for your man, not working for your boss. And Stu and that talked about it on the Kings of Anglia pod. They talked about people not working, not, not going to work and not doing it for their manager. You don't go to work to try and sort of um, just work because your boss is great. But it can make a difference. And that's the thing is, you can go and do your job. You can go and do your job perfectly well. And you're not letting, if you're a teacher, you're not letting the children down. If you're a gardener, you're not just letting the weeds grow and um, whatever like that. And if you're a footballer, you're still kicking the ball. You're still running around. You're still trying. If you've got a manager, a boss who you genuinely, passionately believe in and who believes in you, imperceptibly, there's an, that extra bit. If you're a teacher, you stay an extra half an hour. You do that after school club. You do that extra worksheet. You just take that little bit of extra time. You're out of the staff room and into the classroom two minutes earlier to meet the kids at the door. Those little things, and you do that because you know you're appreciated and you know you're valued and you know and you trust those people above you. I don't think those players do that. And I think that's part of the reason why they're not doing different things, being inventive on the pitch. They're told by Lambert to do this, so they do it. Yeah. I'm doing my job. And I think that's the interesting thing I took out of that. No, it's not downing tools. It's not losing the dressing room. It's just, okay, there's no, there's no joy in this. We'll do it. We'll see. And that's why I found, that's why I wanted to talk about the Wolfenden thing, because I, I thought that was really interesting um, to read between Wolfenden's lines there. John may disagree with me. I know he did before. He said, you know, you, you go to work because you've got pride in it and it's your own personal thing. And yes, there is that. But if you don't believe in the people above you, you will just down tools by even 5% imperceptibly. I've gone on a long time. Sorry, Ross. <laughs> yeah, we've, all, we've all had a little bit of uh, <laughs> uh, hearing a speech here from you, but always good words. Don't worry, David. Don't worry. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to split up the sections because um, we've got a lot of people on today. So... We're going to have different sections. We're going to talk about the transfers. Of course, we're going to talk about the Wolfie comments. And, of course, Burton Albion preview. So, I've got hands up from John, Thomas, Liam. Uh, so, I'm going to go over to you, John, first. Um, you know, your take on... Because for myself, I don't really normally watch the players' interviews after the game because they're normally, you know, the boys did well. You know, just the stereotypical interviews after games. Um, the only time you watch it is if someone's, like, tweeted and said, oh, wow, he said something really, you know very passionate here um, and that's when you then watch it so for yourself you know Wolfie's comments and do you normally watch them yeah I generally watch them um all the time really to be honest um living away from 
the area, I don't listen to Radio Suffolk unless it's on uh, uh, iPlay, you know, for the commentary. So I often miss out on the interviews afterwards unless I watch them on on Twitter or um, social media generally. Um, I thought I agree with a, a hell of a lot of what David's just said. Um, I think it's marg- I, I, I think a good professional will go and give their all but in the right environment will be nurtured and encouraged to do even better. And the word that sprung to my mind when Dave was speaking there was about the team feels stifled. You know, it's because they're forced to do something that maybe some of them aren't suited to. You know, how many times have you criticised Judge for being nothing of a left winger or a right winger? You know, Actually, when he got to play in his preferred role, no shit, Sherlock. He actually performed better, you know. Um, and then you got people like Jackson, who was obviously told to hug the touchline. We all know, and we've talked about this before, his best space, even when they're playing two up front, is to go to the right-hand side of the pair, possibly in line with the edge of the um, penalty box. You know, he was told to stay on the touchline. His natural game would be to try to get past the man with his pace, i.e. a ball being played in behind someone and he's off. But because the ball was so slow, he was ineffective. He got given the ball. He's not going to beat a man from a dead st- dead stop with a ball. He's not that kind of player. Edwards might do that if he was fit. Bishop might be able to do that in a different way. But Jackson's not that, that's not his game. So he's played and taught to do a role and it probably did it as well as he could. I don't think he went down there thinking, oh God, I'm doing this role, I'm not going to try. But he's not in his natural environment. He's not in his natural position. And he's also been told to do things a certain way. And he's not particularly good at some of those things. And that opens up the thing about you know, Chambers behind him or on the other side, Dobra not being particularly in the game and Ward being exposed. Like, I'm not being daft. The players in our squad who are fit at the moment don't really suit our formation we've got. Chambers, well, for me, I would play him at centre-half above right-back every day of the week and I'd probably give Danassian game until the, the invisible man KVY is ever seen again. And I'll, I hope he does come back one day, but... You know, he's not back in training again this week. But, you know, let's play people in their preferred position. I think Ward, you know, you look when we start the season, when Sears was doing okay, Ward managed to overlap past Sears. Sears is a bit more disciplined than Dobra or Judge or whoever has been played out on the left. If it was a 4-4-2, Ward would be able to support that person. So I think... Some of it is about players maybe not playing. I don't think he's lost the dressing room in the sense of players aren't playing or aren't trying. I think they're feeling frustrated themselves. You know, I, I, I was really pleased to see Wolfenden hurting, hurting because it mattered to him. I want, mm. you know, it doesn't matter how good you are in a football pitch, you know, whether you're a 10-year-old or you, you're a 46-year-old, whatever, if you're playing a game... You want to try your very best. And most people will do that. And that's the point I made before. Most people don't go out there not to try their best. However, if you're feeling, 
world beating because somebody's told you, you can do this, this is the strength you've got, this is your position, or have that freedom, you know, mix it up, when come inside sometimes, Caden, you know, use your pace, come off the touchline, confuse the defender, you know, Jackson's going to have a better game, I just think he stifles them, he slows things down to this, It's people call it possession-based football, but it's just boring football, we've got no pace, no real dynamism um, to push forward and do something different. As the lad said, I think it was Matt who said that Dizel, it's so predictable when Dizel gets a ball, what we're going to do. And Dizel, when he's on form, can do that. But there's not much else because they're all lacking in confidence, perhaps in themselves a bit, but probably in the manager as well and the system. So stifled is... So, David... I don't disagree with you. I just think that uh, <laughs> I just think most players will be trying their best, and I think he's probably knocked that two or three, four percent out of them at the moment. Yeah. And if every player's three or four percent down, um, that's going to have a massive impact across. We're missing a few good players, injuries, etc. Some people aren't back on the pace. There's suddenly 10, 15 percent off your game, and that's why a team like Swindon, who are on their game on that day, made us look pretty easy to beat. Yep. Okay then. Well, I want to go over to Thomas and Liam to talk about Wolfie's comments and just ending with the Swindon chat. And then I want to go over to Marty, Harvey and Matt to talk about the transfers. And, you know, if you guys want to get involved, you can do. So, Thomas, over to you. I need a wee. So, talk. And I'll hopefully be back when you finish. So, take it away, my friend. I'll just pass over to Liam if need be. Yes. (laughs) Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say that I agree with David. Um, I can see what he means with the fact that, you know, if you're, if you're, dis- if you're a bit more disinterested because of the, the way the manager is and everything like that, you you do want to, obviously, you, you want to play for yourself because if you don't, then you're not going to get anything from it at the end of the day. You know, you want to play, you want to carry on playing, do the best that you can, but there's that little bit of you that is going to obviously drag you down. And if it is Lambert doing that, then... It's fair enough, and but that's that's why I feel like once the Calvary, as we could call him, returns, it's not going to make much difference because if if they obviously if he come if they come back, you've still got this same manager in charge who's playing these players out of position, not playing them where they like to be played. It's it's all kind of going to carry on as it is at the moment, and for me, it's just. With what Wolford has said, especially today as well, he said how there's going to be no excuses. What we've, what we've all said, there's no excuses as soon as these players are back. He said it himself. Um, that, just, that just proves that, you know, there's obviously something there that they're, they still want to play. You, you always want to do what you can with whatever job you are in. I mean, me myself, a little bit unmotivated with what I do at the moment. But, you know, that's just how it is. But you still do what you can to get the best results. Um, but if you're not playing for your manager as well as you could do, then that's obviously going to affect your your performance and and your team's performance. And then obviously with people coming back from injuries who aren't up to speed, like John said, it's it's going to affect affect your the whole team's performance. And and yeah, that's just what I take from it. Really, um, I see that Ross is back. Well, I'm going to pass it over anyway. Have you got any more to add, Liam? <laughs> um, basic. I mean, he seems to be moulding this whole 
kind of possession style on the Barcelona Spain style of of the of, of the late um early noughties um and early twenty tens um where they dominated at international level and and obviously in club football um for quite a while but the common denominator in those two teams were that you had clever players that it's pass the ball move pass move pass move now that worked it, it teams couldn't cope with it and you had you had barcelona dominating for about three or four years and spain won consecutive international tournaments if that's what Paul Lambert is trying to do in this possession style of football, the players aren't moving. They're just stuck, stuck statically in place. And it is, is that, um, that the problem that we've got is you look at the game uh, that we played away at Blackpool where we won 4-1. That is chalk and cheese compared to the majority of performances we've we've seen throughout the last two seasons. Not not just this season, but but last season as well. In the fact that they got some confidence early on, they scored a good goal, and then players started doing things off the cuff. You look at Chambers putting a volley in at the back post. I mean, <laughs> it's it's thing they started to just get the, it's almost like they got into the game and started to enjoy themselves and they played really good football and scored four goals and it was and it was really good to watch but every other week it's really slow there's no real movement to it and I do get the point that uh, they do have injuries but we've said this again that the formation doesn't fit what currently available i still don't think the formation particularly fits what um the squad in in turn because we've already said about the fullbacks that they're now clearly showing their age but they can't be those dynamic bombing fullbacks and so the 433 isn't going to work even if we have the engine room back in the field so i i just i just think it's it, it's it definitely what um, what has been said about stifling players' um, almost natural talent. But yes, you have a game plan, but just send the players out and go, right, this is what I want you to do, but I know all of your games inside and out. I know what you all are good at, what you may need to work on, but go out there and do what you're good at. And clearly, he's not saying that. He's going out, right, I want you to do this, you to do that. And it's so regimented that it is completely stifling all of our best players' natural ability. And and so now, I mean, obviously the transfers will be talked about in a minute, but they're now talking about trying to find creativity in the transfer market. Well, what's the point? If they're potentially their um, whole point of being at the club about creating, having creativity in the side could potentially be stifled because Lambert wants them to do far more 
and what their role should actually involve. He wants, he's, it's just so regimented, and you could see that in Wolfenden's interview, and you could see he was frustrated by it, and you could just see a young kid who has come through the the, the youth system, who just wants to go out and play, and and he is showing frustration because at the moment he's not able to show what his natural ability is. And, I mean, someone mentioned about Dobra and not being able to affect things and so on. We said last <clears> season about the Fleetwood game, Dobra. Um, we wanted to see Dobra, and he never came on in that game. We wanted to see Dobra because he is a maverick sort of player. He can do something off the cuff in the blink of an eye. He's young, he could be a bit erratic, but he can do... You saw one of his goals that's been nominated for the goal of the year. I mean, just a shot like that out of nowhere to score into the top corner. He's got that ability, and that's what we want to see from someone like Dobra. We just want to see some of this amazing things. But since he's been brought into the first team, he just looks like he's been brought down like the rest of the squad. And 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 that's why I think as well, when the injuries have all cleared up properly and they're all back to full fitness, it's not going to make a difference because it it just clearly isn't working. It's the same last season, even with whatever formation. I think this all goes back to Lambert and this very regimented way that he wants to run things. He doesn't have anyone basically telling him no. And so... His word goes, and let's be honest, the last two years have been pretty, pretty turgid, and yet Lambert can't see that. So um, it's not going to get any better. Yes, I am back from my little wee, and um, we are going to hear from Harvey, Matt and Marty again at some point, uh, but I've got a hand up from Thomas, so uh, <laughs> take, take it away. What I was going to say was, um, going back to Liam's point about Blackpool, um, in hindsight now it kind of as he was talking I kind of made me think actually going back to that game but is it not partly because the reason we played so well that day was partly because A we were on a run B the team had just come back from Covid so they were enjoying their football you know they had a massive break they were just they were just enjoying playing their football perhaps not necessarily playing for the manager as such but they were you know they were, they were back doing what they love and and C they are against a team that hadn't gelled yet and it just worked just on that one, one odd occasion whereas now we've we've had Saturday Tuesday Saturday Tuesday Saturday Tuesday I know we've had a big break for, over Christmas but on the whole it's been Saturday Tuesday Saturday Tuesday Saturday Tuesday players were on down we've got we've got injuries and obviously whether the players have or not they've got grown tired of Lambert and it's just affecting the way we play now um in hindsight it's the way I see it I don't know if anyone else agrees but yeah, it, it just goes to show. It goes to show you that that, that this whole squad, big squad, is just a fallacy. Because yes, they've been unlucky with the amount of injuries they've had to keep players. But I mean, everyone talked about Ipswich having the strongest squad in the division, and yet the players who have come in have just no, not been anywhere near it. And it, it, it just makes you think, well, what's, what's the point? That This whole point was to have this squad to get through. But clearly, if Town can't play without um, 
some of their first team players at this level. And it just shows you that the squad is really not anywhere near as good as we thought they were, or they're not being that they're not being very well coached, and um, that's causing the whole entire squad to to be um, affected by it. Yeah. Okay then. Wow. Let's um, forget about Swindon. Let's not talk about that again. Um, sure, we'll be. <laughs> brought up in this season review but let's talk about the sexy stuff as we quote on the podcast transfers the January transfer window is open and there's been some rumors going about not as many as we we hope um you know last year we made one signing which was Josh Earl from Preston and another Josh uh from Preston is um been linked and that is Josh Harrop um, and also, Freddie Sears has been linked to return to Colchester, although Colchester's manager, Steve Ball, has come out and saying that it's not going to be possibly happening this window. Um, I want to get Harvey, I want to get Matt and Marty's take on these. I want to go to Harvey first, because we both recorded a January transfer window hits and misses video uh, for town. It's been a bit of a, well, in the last 10 years, not very good. Um, but in the 2000s, we signed John Walters, Alan Lee, Jimmy Bollard on loan. But then we also had Valicia Shimolakoski, Frank Nublai and all that jazz. Um, but Harvey, your take, um, what positions do you want Town to improve on? Definitely fullback, creativity, anywhere else? And um, what do you reckon about this Josh Harrop from um, Preston? I'm probably saying that completely wrong, but whatever. Harrop's a really good player. I think you said it right and I sound wrong as well. Um, <laughs> he's a good player. He's been unlucky with injuries. I've seen him play a few times and his best position is definitely as a 10. Um, he's been shifted out wide a few times uh, by Preston where he is less effective, which worries me because that seems to be what Paul Lambert does to every number 10, that, um, <laughs> apart from Sally Bishop possibly, um, that, that plays for us. So I think if he stays fit, he'll be, he'll be a great addition because he's, there's no way he's League One level. Um, you know, he's, he's a really, really talented player. You don't come through the ranks at United for no reason. I know you've, you've You've got some poor players in there as well that are coming through from United, but he's he's a really, really talented player. Um, you know, Alex Neal, the Preston manager, thought very highly of him um, and still probably does, but they're probably going in a, a bit of a different direction now. They've just signed Ben Whiteman from uh, Doncaster, so um, that frees up a space for, for a potential outgo in there. So I think he'd be a, it'd be a great addition. Um the issue is in that number ten role that we've had. Judge has been has been poor. I know he's he played well against Swindon, but he's been poor. You know the the shoe in for that role is is Teddy Bishop, but as we all know, unfortunately, as much as we'd love to be seeing him play ninety minutes every week, we just can't rely on him. Um, so I think it is important that that we bring someone else in there. Um, when again, I think. He's been targeting that right-hand side because I think he doesn't want to put too much pressure on Lancaster to come back. So, um, for me, we, we do need another a, a right-winger and, and Luke Thomas certainly fits the bill, although it's a little bit strange what's been going on in terms of he... I think he came on, didn't he, for Barnsley last weekend? So, um, I'm not sure where where we are with that. It sounds like the Harrapole is a little bit more advanced, but um, definitely... Those two areas. I saw we were linked with Kyle Lafferty last night, which um, <laughs> I did a job at front. He's had about 15 clubs in six months, so um, that one's not for me. But uh, yeah, we definitely need to improve. Um, I think they'd be 
they'd be really good additions. Cool. I'm going to go over to you then, Marty. Um, we haven't heard from you since the beginning of the pod, so 50 minutes in total. I <laughs> um, hope you're doing okay, my friend. Um, you've been just the voyeur. What's the proper word? What's the proper word? That is the word, isn't it? Voyeur? Is that a word? Yeah. Yeah, yeah? okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, your take on, you know, the transfers and everything, you know, Freddie Sears, possibly, you know, he's out of contract in the summer, could be returning back to Colchester. Do you reckon it is his time up at the club? Yeah, quite possibly, because, like, maybe you just run to, like, the end of his tenure here, really. And, uh, you know, that might be a good, like, that's where I think we signed him from. And, uh, you know, but, yeah, I think he, like, lives in, lives there as well, in, in culture as well. But, I mean, it might, it might be a good move for him, because you, th- you do think that, you know, particularly with his contract up in the summer, that might be, you know, sort of... Uh, uh, a, a sort of good good move for him, really. But I mean, uh, on on I mean on the signings, I mean it might give us it might give us a boost, you know. It might it might give the rest of the players a boost and stuff like that. Because I mean, I, I am surprised that they are letting him sort of bring people in. Because or does that mean that he's he's Lambert is going to be like staying for longer than we perhaps we want him to? But um, I mean, I don't I can't say that I know a massive amount about Harrop. But I mean, I suppose as Harvey said, we all love Teddy Bishop, but. You just can't count on him to sort of like stay fit, really. I know he has been better this season before he got his latest injury, but um, but I mean, I mean, I suppose it's the difficult thing is I, I don't like this formation. I'd rather we 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 did change it because I do think it's really tough to striker up front. But I can see why they they're going to stick with it. They've got more more creative uh, players in because you know whoever's been playing up front have been starved like a, a real goal scoring chances really. Because I think Lambert has mentioned that that. They haven't had like it's not as if I struck them as a load of goal scoring chances because they haven't been the way the system is. I don't just don't think we we don't some games we don't really create say three or four chances in a game and uh, that that would be interesting as well. I mean that Luke Thomas one is a funny one because like like um, Harvey said like he I think a couple of weeks ago he actually started at Norwich and um, and like, the other day I think he did come on as a sub so he's been involved for them so that's a uh, Part of, uh, we'll be interested to see what happens with that one. Whether we'll be able like to get him to take the step down, but um, yeah, sort of fingers crossed on that one. Yeah, definitely. And um, you know, as you said, like last year, like Norwood were was missing sitters because we were creating chances, even though we were also rubbish last season. But you know, Norwood was missing many chances this year. Yeah, as you said, like the strikers, well, they haven't had many chances to to score. Like Hawkins, he's only scored one goal, but he hasn't had an opportunity to score. Um, now, let's go over to you then, Matt. Let's hear from you again. That's been a while once again, but uh, transfers, transfer, generate transfers. Um, it's normally a window that not much business happens, but um, there's always going to be rumours here and there. So, um, round up the transfer window for yourself, um, the link so far, and um, of course, Genoid donation has been, you know, it's been pretty much been told, yep, yeah, you can go out on loan. Colchester, Aquiton, his former club, been interested. Uh, would you be disappointed that Genoi's not been given a chance? Sutton, Sutton there in the background with him and Paul is just it's Sutton there in it from his old days at Villa. Absolutely, I mean he's he's hardly convinced me um, when he when he has played Genoi. But the, the thing is, you send him out on loan, then who else have we got as a cover at right back and and, and centre back? Um, Sears, yeah, I, I don't think Sears will go. Is it his time? I'm not quite sure because at the start of the season, him and Ward had quite a good relationship on the left-hand side. And, and Freddie, like like a lot of players in our squad, have kind of 
tailed off really which is which is quite sad i mean you know just trying to just tr- trying to be kind of devil's advocate here it's a very kind of stop start season for the players nobody really i'd like to have a look at other teams and see if they've had pl- their best players being as consistent as as what they perhaps were last season but I'll be honest, I don't know much about the two players that we've been linked with. Um, by the sounds of it, yes, it would be good to get somebody in that can play wide on the ring, wing, like the Chappies from Barnsley. Um, what I've read of Harrop from Preston, decent pedigree, but how many times have we seen that before? Um, obviously, injury concerns surely are, you can't fit, unless we're going for the world record in terms of fitting people in our treatment room with the old sports scientists. You know we're gonna we're gonna need um, we're gonna need people in that can hit the ground running and can play. Um, but I've been thinking about this today. Surely, and I'm sorry to call people Shirley, but surely the players coming back are, are going to be like new signings. So so why do we need them? It's time for these boys to step up because you know I think last season we thought that oh we're gonna you know HMS piss the league and all that sort of thing and I. You know, I, I was one of the protagonists of that, and I was this year as well. But I think, you know, the mystery of my boy Kane Vincent Young, where's what's happened to him? You know, is it is is it a little bit of a Thundercats injury? Is there more than meets the eye when it comes to that sort of thing? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'd, I'd rather save the money, to be honest. Uh, and like Marty said. You, you know, if if we do make signings, then obviously Mr. Lambert is 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 going to be here for a little bit longer. To be honest, I can't see him going anywhere. The the contracts that he's on, it's a massive amount of money. And I'm sorry if we're toing and froing about an extra couple of grand a week on wages, do we really want to be paying him and his backroom staff a million pounds to to uh, Foxtra Oscar? I'm not so sure. So we will wait with bated breath, as we always do as Ipswich Town fans in January. You know, Josh Earl last season, woo, he looked pretty cool in the mask and he and he did a nice <laughs> Croy turn in front of the cobbled last season. And I, I thought he was decent, to be honest. I tried really hard to sign him on Football Manager, but they weren't having it. Um, I don't know. He's I'd doing say. all right at Twi- Preston now. He's doing all right. He's, he's, all right. he's all right. And he's a tall lad as well. Um, which which I think we need, but I don't I don't know whether we really need any anything. You know what it is? It's a really nice distraction for for people to talk about um, transfers and transfer windows and things like that because you distract the fans, especially especially those that are slightly more toxic that want everybody to like be sacked and die and go away and that sort of thing. So you know it's. You know, but I'm just a happy clapper. So what do I know? I just sit in the cobbled where where real fans don't. You know, so it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> yes, but you know, as you said about you know players come back, they'll be like new signings. You know, my boy Guion. You know, he he's top goal scorer for us, joint top goal scorer. You know, hopefully the injury hasn't affected him too much, but hopefully he'll come back into the squad playing on the left, as David yeah. normally says, left. Yes, um, he plays. He plays on the left. Let's remember that. Aim on the left, Judgey on the right, KVY bombing up and down, Norwoods and Jackson up front, um, Dizel, Bishop, Downs. Let's just play two at the back, six in midfield, and hey, what the hell can go wrong? That's the dream. <laughs> That's the dream. <laughs> the dream. Um, I've got two hands. Yeah. 
Got uh, two hands up here, David and John. We're going to wrap up the transfers with them. Um, who do I go to? For? I want to go David and we'll, we'll uh, finish with, with John. So, David, uh, your take on the transfers. Do you reckon we need anybody else? Um, yes, we do, but that's... Go, goes in on, on your um magic um Ross Genie pod that we did. Um, yeah. and I'm very disappointed that you haven't granted my wishes yet. <laughs> um, one game, one game of play, <laughs> <laughs> but I have a problem with the, with the idea that the players coming back are like new players. We heard this last season about Hughes coming back. We heard it about Sears coming back. He, you know, he'd be back at Christmas. He'd be like a new player. Bishop would be back, and he'll be like a new player. Um, it's like a fresh signing because um, uh, Brian Talbot's coming out of retirement. It, it's nonsense. It, I mean, like Thomas said right at the start of the pod, that those players were there last season, and they didn't drive us on to sort of the hundred points, piss the league thing. Do we think that if KVY is ever fit again, he's going to be the player that he was nope. before? No. Nope. He relies immensely on his pace. He's done it for... He's actually played nine games. He's done it for seven because two of them he was injured and he wasn't as influential. In those seven... It, we don't... Do you think that he's actually going to come back the player that he was in those seven games? I don't. You know, you, you, if, if you've got somebody who's had a series of injuries, Achilles and so on... And who relies on pace, those are the sort of injuries which knock pace out. You look at Michael Owen years ago. When he came back from those injuries, he'd lost the pace which made him a dangerous player. So I, I, I'm not reliant on those. I think it's damning that, that um, Edwards remains top scorer when he's been out for so long. That is appalling um, for a club that's looking to be so high on the table, allegedly. In terms of transfers themselves, though, um, yeah, I want some new signings because I think the, the club is stagnating. I think we've got far too many players who've been here far too long um, not, not doing anything. I think the squad is bloated. I think it needs to be rapidly and, and, and significantly thinned out. Not necessarily people like Danassian who've done nothing wrong except offend Lambert 48 years ago when he was a youth player at um, Villa. <laughs> but I don't think necessarily the players that were being linked with Thomas, maybe, but are, the, are necessarily the right players. Because I think that we're looking in the wrong way rather than targeting, saying, right, well, this is how we play, so we need somebody to go in there. This 23-year-old, that 27-year-old who's playing for Exeter or who's playing for Plymouth or whatever, you know, and, and I know I, I know that Danny Mayer really likes his manager and wouldn't move, but those are the sort of players you want to be looking at. Getting another loan player in, he's not going to be here the ne next season. He's not building something. Another older player, another player with an injury problem to fill in, if you sign another number 10, does that mean Judge is now playing out wide permanently just as he started to show some form in his correct position? The, play, the positions you want are players who are in their prime who are doing that business in our division. And the, play, and the positions we've got a problem with are right back yeah. because Chambers isn't one. KVY is um, effectively non-existent. 
Donassian is a non-person. He's in a gulag somewhere. Um, <laughs> does he? Does he actually <laughs> exist, or ha has he been buried under a patio? We don't know. So, <laughs> you know, it, and and we and we need a right winger, so that Lamp, so that Edwards, when he's fit again, can play on the left, and Judge can play in the number ten. Why aren't we targeting a right-sided winger? You know, those, those are the things you you take it, you you make a list. And I know it's not football manager, but if you are a football manager player, what you do is when you take over a club, you make a list. These are the players I've got. These are the ones I'm keeping. These are my key ones. This is my second one. And these players, I'm sitting on the transfer list. You can go and sit in the stiffs. You're not. We're not interested in you anymore. Hughes has to be on that list because he's not doing it. He's he's finished. And then you target specific positions. I want somebody there. You don't think, well, I can get somebody in, so I'll have him. You think, I want somebody there who's going to improve the side. And I don't believe that the players we're being linked with will long-term improve the side. And that's my problem with this transfer window. The same as the last one. I don't think there's a plan. And you want to have a proper plan for the squad as a whole, which includes getting rid of people. Well said. and. Uh... Over to you, John. I'm still getting over the gulag and <laughs> just, just like, yeah, yeah, John, carry on. <laughs> well, again, I'm going to find myself agreeing with a lot of what David's um, just said. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think for me, we're crying out for. I'm not saying I want Paul Lambert to stay. Let me be absolutely clear. I want them to be sacked. Okay. However, if Marcus Evans is deciding that he is going to stick with Lambert regardless, then surely the plan would be to have the plan for the summer and next season ahead. Now, Lambert doesn't fancy Miles Kenlock. None of us do. Ross, you think he runs like a chicken. You know, um, he's, he's not pushing Ward forward. Ward is 35 and it's added something as a player to the squad in terms of his leadership and his experience. However, you're not telling me that come the summer, Ward's going to be a better player than he was last summer. He's going to be 36. He's going to be in a mid-table Ipswich Town team. You know, he's not getting better. So where is the long-term strategy for a left-back? Surely we should be looking at finding a left-back now who could play some of the games and Ward could play some of the games if KVY is still the invisible man um, and you know why aren't we looking if he doesn't fancy um, Danassian who's our second choice fullback and he's playing his centre half above him and KVY is still out where's his right back he needs to sign a right back because Chambers is going to be 36 next year <laughs> And if he's going to get rid of Danassian, we haven't got a right back until KVY. And what happens if he's never going to get back to his full fitness? So where is the long-term plan? So you say, okay, we're not playing Chambers at a right back. Are we offering him a new contract in the summer? Well, who knows? But if we're not, and we're getting rid of people like Chambers, where's the next captain? Who's the, who's the central defensive leader who's going to go in there because we're not going to keep McGuinness long-term. He's not our player. We've got Wolfie. Nciala, not good enough, really. He's had his highs and his lows and his, you know, red card saga and stuff. Wilson's injured. Wilson's not everybody's first choice. 
So where's the long-term plan of trying to get the centre-half or the full-backs who are going to be in our team for the next 18, 36 months, whatever it is? Because I don't see that plan. They talk about a plan. There is no plan. And that's the saddest thing. I think we need to sign at least one full-back. I think a right midfielder would be uh, right winger would be really uh, uh, important too. Um, but let's if contracts are an issue, let's start getting rid of some people. Let's say bye bye, Amir Hughes. It hasn't worked out. If we're not going to play Wilson ever again, or we're not going to, or send McGuinness back if he, you know, if he's not going to be our player, if that frees up some wages, let's start having a plan about the summer. Now, of course. If Marcus Evans isn't going to stick with Lambert, and I hope in many, many ways he's not, then that plan changes. But we have no left back come the summer because Ward's going to be probably too past it and Kenlock's not good enough. The last four managers now, haven't certainly the last three, haven't rated him. Just like um, Josh Emmanuel on the other side. He wasn't quite good enough, so we've got rid. Kenlock needs to go. Amir Hughes needs to go. I'll get rid of Sears as well because we've just got much of a muchness. Um, I think Freddie's been a good servant. He's played out of position far too often, but he's not going to change the game for us anymore. We need to be building for the future and bringing in better players. Otherwise, we need to be, build, we need to be building a side which you can see competing at the lower end of the championship. Absolutely. Yes, it's this season and it's promotion, but also you need to be buying players who are not short-term, and Ward is short-term. Everybody we bring in is short-term. It's about plugging this hole at this precise moment. And what they need to have is a plan that says, yeah, they'll get us promoted, and then they'll stay in the side next the, when we're in the championship. And then you can build the next layer on top of that, and then they become understudies to the next layer up. It's a long-term plan, and I don't see that. That's my, that's my problem with the whole transfer, like you say, John. There's no plan. Players are trying to sign all loans, aren't they? So it's just it's, there's no long term in it at all. No. So. I, I'd rather see nobody sign this transfer window than have yet more loans or 36 year olds or people who've been basically dead for the last five years and have been exhumed just for, for, for the sake of Lambert having a, a, a final sale on the pitch. Because you know, once again, we're we're pretty much developing these other players. Like you know, if we get this person from Barnsley or Preston like they're they're not getting into their team so we're just helping them out getting match fitness and stuff and yeah well, it's, it's like when we had Chris Wood isn't it because Chris Wood went yeah. on and did, did did great things but when he was with us he had one decent game against Wolves which is the last game he had for us because the rest of the time he wasn't properly fit but I mean if, if you ha if you're saying Kenlock isn't good enough which he's not then he needs to be on the transfer list you know he's yeah, in the he anyway but he needs to be properly on the transfer list, not, not, not on the loan list or something. On the transfer list, fuck off. Hughes. Oh, you no know, one wants him. Yeah, but, but just sort of jettison him from the first team. Slim it down. Say, right, you know, you're on the list. You can go. It'll free up the wage bill. Freeze if necessary. It'll free all of that up. You're not, in, not included. You're not welcome. Goodbye. Go, 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 and, go and train with the dead people over there. <laughs> <laughs> you then Hi, Janoy. <laughs> yeah, uh, he should be in the first team anyway. Anyway, and then you pull in the talented youngsters. So I mean, if you're saying Ward now is your first choice, we're well, fair enough. But Clements and Tommy Smith are both highly rated left backs. 
if we're not signing a left back and we don't rate Kenlock, why aren't one of those sitting on the bench? Why aren't they pushing him and being developed? That would be a plan. You've got a 36-year-old, you've got a 20-year-old. That, that would be a plan. I could see that. And then Ward maybe has an intermittent half-and-half half season next year, and then you've got a 22-year-old playing in the first team who's got that experience. That, that would be a plan. But we're not doing that. We've got a really, really bloated squad of people who've potentially once upon a time had a chance to be something, like Hughes, who aren't doing it. And there needs to be some serious culling going on, and I don't see it happening. And at the same time, we're developing McGuinness when we've sent our own centre-back on loan to Scotland. It's just it, it's mind-baffling. Well, because McGuinness is so amazingly good and has yeah, made no it, mistakes. Yeah, but even so... I agree with you completely. I, I don't. I don't like loans unless you've got an emergency thing. We. It, I don't think McGuinness is that much better than Ndaba could have been, and Ndaba is left back, left sided as well. I think that we should have kept him and played him. Um, but, I mean, it kind of comes back though. If if Lambert goes, then surely the next manager that comes in has to be someone who looks at the long term vision of the club in terms of looking at all the aspects of the club including the youth. You look at Lambert and the common denominator through most of the jobs he's had, he has left because he hasn't had his own way in terms of money in the transfer market to bring in players when he could e easily be doing things with players in his youth squads that he could be promoting. He's never shown that at any of his clubs that he's done before and It'll carry on till he goes. So, uh, <laughs> it's, if we just have to, uh, hopefully, if someone else comes in with a better view on you, then we will start to see that plan. But we're not going to get that under Lambert. Yeah. Are we basically saying we need either uh, an overhaul of the club? We need somebody up top who actually knows what they want for the club, and we need either a coach or a manager to improve the existing group of players and to get the best out of them because the players at the moment aren't performing to their best because they're stifled, they don't believe in the system, they don't believe necessarily in the manager, they're not full of confidence the manager's crap that's why we are where we are and, and they will know that. that that's the thing is if you, if you know somebody who is your line manager isn't very good at something you you know that and you just you'll shrug your shoulders and sort of like yeah I've heard that one before and and so on and see so it, it like we said way back it just takes that little percentage off because you just sort of like yeah there's an idiot you know you, you if somebody is even if it even if, even if what happens if you're say Hughes and you're shunted out the door but the manager's got a clear plan and what happens in that midfield is better. You as a player may initially have the hump, but longer term you'll go, yeah, he was right. You know, because you go away and you think about it and you think, yeah, that, that's right, I haven't been performing. Hughes will know he's not performing, won't he? You know, unless he's completely deluded, he'll know that he hasn't done, done the business. Judge will know it. He won't say it in an interview, obviously, because senior professionals don't. They give platitudes. But they will know they're not performing. But they get away with it. And, and if you've got a new manager who came in and just went, right, that's not good enough, that's not good enough, that's not good enough, away you go. 
I'm bringing these players in because I need a plan. I need a new right back. I need a new right winger. We've had an absence of wingers since Anderson left. The last time we had de- two decent wide players with Tab and Anderson. Uh, I want to say decent. No, they were okay. <laughs> Have we had anything better than Tab and Anderson since? Only low knees. And that was on one side. We haven't yeah. had one on either on both sides. The last time we had a good right and a left-sided player was Tab and Anderson. And who would have thought we were saying Jay Tab's the best wide left midfield <laughs> as a pair of wide midfielders we've had at the club for a long time? He was a workhorse though, John. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was... I'm not <laughs> knocking his effort. We all knew he was a Mick McCarthy sort of player, but you know, I'd love a Tab back now. If, if I could have Tab and Anderson on the left and the right now, wouldn't you take that? Yeah. Yes, yeah, fair. Mm. Okay, then. Well, um, <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah. I have one more point. Just in terms of the loans, like it almost feels like we're still in that championship mindset of loaning our younger players out to the lower leagues and kind of for them to get developed and stuff. But yet we are that, we are that team now that we used to loan them out to. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, why are you sending them out on loans? Just keep them here, develop them yourself. You don't need to send them out on anymore. Well, we didn't Let send me... Bramble or Dyer or Ambrose or any of those out in that way. We, we oh, blooded them playing no. in the first time. But I, and we, Bramble higher. went to Colchester. Bramble went to Colchester briefly. But from, from like 2005 onwards, we've always sent our loans out on loan or, or our, our youth out on loan, sorry, haven't we? I can't name a player that probably has just come through the ranks. We've always sent them out to a team like us where we are now. Mm-hmm. Why are we sending them out on loan now? Just keep them in our Keeping that yes. squad, just development. Just, you don't need to get loaded, our coaching staff aren't good enough to develop our own players? No, I think it's because Lambert doesn't like youth. One, one, I think Thomas is right in the fact that there's an arrogance which says we're still a championship club, so we still send them out. We, you know, and things. But also, I think that it's Lamb. This is why Lambert keeps hanging young players out to dry and defending the the experienced ones. He's been told from on high that he's going to Im- include young players. Except people like Dobra who w- won't go on loan and don't do as they're told. The only reason Dobra's got in the side is because of injuries. He, w- he would have been frozen out otherwise. But it, it, he's been told to put those players in, the young players. But I, I feel that it, there's a huge amount of resentment. That's why he'll have a go at Wolfenden, but he won't have a go at Enciala. He won't have a go at Judge, but he'll have a go at Dobra. He won't have a go at Hughes, but he'll have a go at McGavin. You know, that there's a pattern there. He res, he resents having to put those youth players in because he's been told to. And so he's going to make a point by slagging them off. So why has, he been, given, why has he been given the five-year contract then if he's not going to go with what he's been told to do? That's... <laughs> I, th- I, think that, I think that is Evans because you've had... he Evans has sees this idea of a long-term plan which is a good idea you know to build something not short term not spending the money not having a blitz of sort of uh, you know sort of 20 million pounds and then it all goes wrong and football is littered with clubs who spent big and it all went tits up i don't i don't have a problem with evans not spending money but he seems to get fixated on an idea like we're going to have a long-term plan here's a long-term contract you can have a long-term plan without having the same staff in every single position the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, you could 
appoint a technical director or something to oversee things who actually knew about football rather than Olympic Games or whatever Lee O'Neill used to do. But you could appoint somebody there who could provide that strategy across the club, which would be the long-term plan. And then your general manager does things like make sure the catering's up to speed. The manager then doesn't have to worry about whether or not the training ground has got the fresh paint on it because the manager is in charge of the football part. That would be a long-term plan. And then you don't need... I mean, Brentford have got it. Brentford, and I didn't agree with Brentford when they got rid of Warburton the first time, but they've got that strategy behind the scenes. All their coaching and recruitment is done separate. And so it doesn't matter who the manager is. You, you've got this sort of cycle of um, recruitment. They, so the manager They got rid of their academy, though, didn't they, Brentford? Yeah, yeah it, it, it's, not a t it's not one that I want to go down because I want the academy. But the model whereby the manager is in charge of the first team and he does that side of things. But behind the scenes, if you, if you have Lambert here for three years and he's successful, but he moves on, and then you appoint Kieran Dyer and he does really well and he becomes England manager, then it doesn't matter that he's gone because the basic strategy behind it, you've got your chief scout, you've got your technical director, you've got those things. The manager goes, you know who and what the next set of recruits into the youth team, into the first team are going to be because you've got a plan and a strategy behind it. Simply giving one man a five-year contract does not equate to a long-term plan. The thing that baffles me most about Marcus Evans, and I'm not as critical as many people are of him, is that for a businessman, he seems to not have the faintest, foggiest idea how to run a football club as a business. You know, he's in hospitality and events, and yet the catering, the ticketing, the web works properly. We do, Accrington Stanley have got a sodding big screen. We haven't yet. You know, you've got all of these things. that There are Budliers growing in the roof of churchmans. I love looking at the Budliers in churchmans. They're great. But you shouldn't have Budliers in the roof of a stand. <laughs> and that strikes me as really, really bizarre. That somebody who's made a huge amount of money from events and hospitality have got a 30,000-seat stadium which has no concept of hospitality. That's really bizarre to me. And it's the same as the business across the thing. It's like whether you he appoints random people, he gives people random contracts. And he's like, why? He doesn't run it as business. I don't understand it. Okay, then. Well, um, we're going to get on to Burton. I did see Harvey put his <laughs> hand up about half an hour ago. I don't know if he's forgotten what he wanted to say. Uh, but can you remember what you wanted to say? Uh, yeah, no, I can't. Uh, it was just uh, basically I completely agree with um, with what everyone said in terms of the long term, uh, you know, strategy, a long term plan. We've been lacking that since Marcus Evans walked through the door for me. Um, you know, it's it's the same old, and I've, I've said it on a previous podcast in terms of the club needs a complete reset from top to bottom. Um, I'd like to see a director of football kind of role be, be brought in at some point. I know you don't really see that with a League One club, but um, someone who's just a little more knowledgeable. Um, Leo Neal, for me, just just isn't the man to, to kind of do that role. Um, and just quickly going back to the transfers, I completely agree with, with David in terms of the 
we seem to have now this reputation of developing other clubs' players apart from our own. I think the only kind of positive about Harrop is the fact that I think he is out of contract at the end of the season, so it may be a kind of try-before-you-buy situation, although we thought that with Garber, and then he signed a 12-month deal with Blackpool, weirdly. Um, so it doesn't always work out as, as we'd like it, but I think that might be an option at the end of the season if, if it all works out well, which I can't see it doing, but um, you know that, that option is there if it works for both for both parties. So those kind of loans you know, that are out of contract at the end of the season and we have got a, a possibility of signing permanently. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm up for, I'm, I'm happy with that. But like the Luke Thomas one, for example, um, you know, you've signed for 1.5, 1.6 million pounds, I think, Barnsley paid for him. Um, so are they going to take a massive loss on that? I doubt it. Are we going to pay a million pounds for a player? Absolutely not. Not anytime soon. So, that is a situation of, yeah, we are just developing someone else's player again. Um, but unfortunately, it's, it's just, it's the reality of where we are. Um, I don't think the salary cap helps as well, but um, it's just where we are at, at the moment. It's a number of years now, so um, it's a shame to see, but that's the, the sad reality of, of the demise of this of this club, unfortunately. Yes. Well, let's get into the game this weekend. I feel it's been one of the longest weeks ever for some reason. Well, it's probably because you know it's been one of those. Recording this eight hours ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the last thing on the list of the uh, pod plan was Burton Albion, uh, bottom of League One. Uh, they were bottom of the League One when we played them in December, where I was able to see Thomas, Matt. And David in person, which was very nice. And we had a nice little cheeky KFC, me and Matt, uh, which was his second KFC of the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, of course, I've got a new manager now. Um, of course, uh, Buxton has left. I don't know what his first name was. Jake. Buxton. Jake, there we go. Uh, but of course, now um, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank is back in charge for the second time at Burton. Uh, they won uh, against Gillingham on the weekend, but then lost 5-1 against Oxford at home um, on the 2nd of Jan. So, two very different results. And, of course, they're still bottom of the league. Uh, well, the last time we faced Burton, we just about beat them. You know, who's scoring that late goal? Uh, fans back in the ground. Uh, who would like to take? I'm going to go over to Matt first. I haven't heard from you for a little bit. Um, how are you feeling going into this game? Your prediction? Um, and, of course, the Calvary are coming. <laughs> <clears throat> the cavalry, yes, indeed. Uh, thank That's you for mugging me. Thank you for mugging me off with the two KFC comment. I can confirm that was correct. Um, I was well and truly off my diet wagon at that point. But yeah, we digress. Uh, Burton Albion—they're not a very good team, and we should comfortably beat them. But then again, we support Ipswich Town, and we, to be honest, the, the Lambert Tombola will be rolling away and it, I, I don't know who's going to play where, to be honest. I know Alan Judd will be up the top of the pitch and Mark McGuinness and um, um, mate, your boy Wolfenden. I'm sorry, they're not a defensive partnership and they, they need an experienced man. Even Luke Chambers, dare I say, could do a damn fine job. But I'd like to see a different formation. We don't seem to have a plan B. I think we did try and tweak it a little bit about uh, Swindon, but... 
Burton, like I said to you in the um, in the game day extra time in person outside the ground um, in, in in a very cold December, Ross. Um, Burton are really physical. They have got all. They are masters of the dark arts. A little bit like um, Fleetwood were um, against us last season at home. Um, I am I am ever the optimist. If anybody saw my Twitter today, I did drive past a pub called the Optimist Tavern. Stopped and had a cheap photo. Um, I, I don't know. These these injury updates baffle me, and it's it's and it's good to see uh, the loving between me and David um, uh, well and truly over with with the disagreement about loan like the, the not loan sorry injured players coming back and what have you. Um, we'll 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 move on. Um, but it's um it's, it's it's a strange one really because they never they never come out and say yes he will be back and he will play it's just like yeah he's doing well he's 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 he's, he's being on the grass uh, and he's, and he's and he's and he's, and he's doing all right the problem there's too many players on the grass and now that's yes. why they've got no energy yes well <laughs> yeah it might be uh, I don't know can the can the covid test can they do some like some drug screening <laughs> I don't know for that as well. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, it'd just be nice to see a bit of emphasis, a bit of organisation. Those 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 players again in the Swindon team kind of look like they'd never even met before, um, which you know is obviously a bit of a concern. But I'm I'm going off on one of my classic view from the U2 um, tangents right now. Um, Ipswich two, Burton nil. Lots of drama. Somebody's going to get sent off. We're going to see a Flynn down the yellow card. I can, I can feel it. I can feel it. Um, Dizel is going to play it, an absolute blinder. And your boy, Ross, Guion Brian Edwards, as I call him, is going to come off the bench and, and score a header. A header? I'll take it. I'll take it. He's, he's hey, look, we never, this year. No one ever predicted that Chamber that Chambo or Shambo, as I used to call him, um, was was going to score that volley against Blackpool. So, uh, Guion Brian Edwards um, with a header for me. Very good. Um, I want to go over to then Marty next. Uh, how are you feeling going into this one? Uh, bottom of the league. What can go wrong? <laughs> Everything can go wrong, but well, you can't you can't get I can't get any worse, can it? So. Um, wow. I actually am going to miss going to Burn because, uh, because I, that is a decent little away game. That is uh, a nice little ground, and so nice little pub at the uh, down, down the road from that. So I'm going to miss that. Uh, but I reckon we might. I think we might win two one as well because I just got a feeling we might. It might be kind of like one of those things when the Lambert always seems to go when you think he might be in a bit of trouble, gets a win from somewhere and that kind of thing. But maybe that's me being more optimistic than you know than the, the hope really. But uh, actual facts but um yeah i think we uh, might might be might do okay but um it's difficult because like you say burton the bottom down bottom of the table then obviously not doing too well they're two games since hasselbank's taken over have been patchy in that but i mean the thing that does worry me obviously is that when we beat burton um straight to win it in that home game and in the very next game i remember they the game that got bucks in the sack when he lost five one i think at fleetwood so you know that they're not they're not great. So even if we do get a win, but you know you, you can't you, small mercies and all that. If we, if we can just get a win and uh, sort of get obviously then you have got two massive home games after that. But uh, just got to just got to get a win in the under our belt really and try and try and get you know try and play well. But that's, that's obviously as easy said than done really. But 
Yeah, definitely. And uh, I'm going to go over to John next. You were doing, you know, four, was it 4 1, the scoreline, your predictions earlier in the season? Uh, one of them four happened one. against Blackpool. But, yeah, uh... four 1s and four twos, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I was on. I was I was recovering from COVID, Ross, you know. Yeah, fair. Lack of oxygen you didn't, you didn't and all that. say 4 1 with the Blackpool game either. <laughs> rub it in, Liam. Rub it in. Uh, <laughs> it's one. It's one of. It's one of those things that I really can't see what's going to happen. The optimistic side of me thinks, "Well, we can do this." I thought that on Saturday against Swindon. Um, there's a little bit of me going, "Oh God, what happens if they do it? What happens if they can do what we're fearing?" You know, let's be fair. I've said it dozens of times before. When we were top of the league and we we're playing Hull, I said. Hull City, we should be going in there wanting to win this match and showing what, you know, if we can't go into playing Burton and have some confidence of winning a game, we really have come a long way down from where we should be. Um, pick a number, I could roll it. 2-1 uh, Wintertown, 2-1 Wintertown. Um, Norwood's going to get the winner. Oh, Okay. Well, we we'll go over to David next. Um, well, surprisingly, there's been all wins. Um, are you a bit different? Are you fearing a defeat against bottom of the league? Um, I thought I was confident against Swindon. I thought we were going to hammer them um, because they're second from bottom. They've lost, what, five and six and they were shit. Um I was equally confident when I turned up to try and watch, to, to watch the game in live against Burton, and we were lucky that game, weren't we? Mm. Um, so, with the might of Teddy perhaps back, maybe Edwards, maybe back half fit because we don't seem we seem to have them straight back into the first team after two months out. They don't play a reserve game anymore. Um, Nolan, who was absolutely appalling in the first few minutes of the Portsmouth game. I mean, we, we it would have been better if he'd gone off and left us with 10 men, quite frankly, because he was diabolical in those first 10, 15 minutes. Um, and Sears, who's, because he's not a winger, he's a striker. He's got all the, the effectiveness on the wing of, of my beer. Um, do I have any much hope? It's Burton. They're shit. We're the bottom of the table. They're, they've got about two and a half fans in a stadium which is the same size as John's kitchen. Um, <laughs> Come on, David. It's not that big. <laughs> we all, I mean, it, John said, you know, yeah, Hull. Hull aren't anything. Charlton aren't anything. We are, we are potentially much better than any of those and we should be going in with an arrogance Yes, an arrogance and saying we're better than this and we're gonna we're gonna teach you a footballing lesson because you can do because you've got better players. However, we haven't got that swagger. We we've been donkey's ears have been talking up Prestwich United as being the greatest thing in the world when we come and play them in the cup. So no, I it's gonna be bollocks, it's gonna be disjointed, it's gonna involve 80% possession in our own half. Um it's going to involve two injuries to returning players, and we're going to lose 2-1. Wow. Great. Um, Thomas. 
Uh, how are you feeling going into this? Well, before Swindon, I would have been confident because there's always a circle. I, mean, I keep mentioning there's always a circle that would lose the top teams and we'd beat the bottom teams. But then we played Swindon and that kind of broke, didn't it? Um, and then I spoke to one or two Burton fans like I've been doing in the past. Um, and they're quite confident, to be honest. Uh, they reported Jimmy Floyd Hassebank, who at his time at the club, he won 54 games within 33 um, he won 33 games sorry out of 54 and that kind of tells you the success he had there in the past um they they, they gave Buxton a try and it didn't work out for him and they've also brought in uh Hayden Carter and Sean Clare so you know it's uh with those reasons it, it's, it's dramatically um dramatically declined my confidence for Saturday <laughs> um and obviously, it was also, I don't know where he's going to play, but um, when we were at the game that Tuesday night, that Lucas Atkins up front, I, I said it on the podcast afterwards, but he was a... He was, he a, was good. He was good, yeah. He was a, he's, he's the kind of striker we've been crying out for since Murphy's left. Um, and if he plays there again, then he's going to provide trouble for us this, this, um, this Saturday. So, yeah, I'm not confident. I was going to go 2-1 as well. David's been on before me. And stole it from me, but I'm gonna go for it anyway. I'm gonna go two one Burton. I'm not confident at all. Um they've got new new manager syndrome, they're playing a bit better from what I've been told. And you know, it's, it's we've got players back, but there's still this thing that they're playing for Lambert and yeah, they can provide a difference, but I don't think they're going to anymore. It's we've been through that part of the season where we've just on decline and it's gonna keep happening until something changes. <laughs> Okay then. Well, I want to go over to Liam next, and um, good old uh, Luke Varney plays for Burton. By the way, he's 38. He um, came off the bench for them um, in the last game against Gillingham, so he'll, he'll left, score Michael. against us. Yeah, left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but Liam, of course, I spoke to you for the Monday recap on Monday um, and got your take on this game. But um, you're how are you feeling going into this one? Um. Not great. <laughs> um, I, I think. I think. Um, I, I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. They they were second bottom, but I do think Swindon may just about get out of trouble if they if they can play like they did against us. But then it's a common theme that we've had all season. We make poor teams look like they will be. It's like. Everyone seems to have a bad run or, or you, you think, oh, this should be an easy win for Ipswich. And Ipswich make it much harder than, than it should be. The game against Burton back in um, back in December, I mean, should have beaten Burton quite easily. And we were basically looking for a last-minute winner to take the points. It, we just make teams look better because we are so, so slow. Um I don't have any confidence at all. Um, I've already said quite a while. I don't think the injured players are going to make a huge difference. Um, I don't think that the injured players that have just hit the grass this week are going to start. I think they may phase them back to the bench, a bit like uh, Downs and Norwood did uh, last week. Um, And, I mean, again, do it. Do we take the gamble, play down to Norwood from the start? Are they ready to play a full 90 minutes? I mean, at the moment, that's how desperate we are because the rest of the squad behind just don't seem capable of putting away these teams um, without them. Uh, so, 
they have got a new manager. They've got a new manager bounce. Um, but I believe that they are physical side. They'll set up to try and nullify us. Um, I think that's how Hasselbank went at the weekend. Um, and I think they will do the same again. And they'll look to try and sneak, sneak a win. I think that's how it's going to go in the short term for them. Um, but with all our, our 99% possession <laughs> and not doing anything with it, um, I'm going to go for exactly what this game has written on the tin, an absolute dross, boring nil-nil draw. Oh, fucking hell. All oh, that for that. Oh, you made me, me swear as well because oh, that is just oh, that just sounds horrible. Just oh, it's going to happen most likely. That's an astounding amount of optimism to think that we oh, can keep oh. a clean sheet. Yeah, clean sheet. Yeah. <laughs> oh dearie me. Well, over to you then, Harvey. You've uh, you've heard what the other lads have got had to say. Uh, two wins, <laughs> two nil, um, and a, a dross nil nil. Um, what are you expecting? Um, I'm going to go for an equally dropped 1-1 um, <laughs> I think the, the players return might give us a little bit of boost I, I might, I think we might score um, but I think the impact that Hasselbank has had already I think they're playing with a bit more confidence now Burton um, as has been discussed already they have got some decent players Atkins I've, I've always been a big fan of um, he's played right back, right mid, and a striker, and I think he definitely looks, you know, the biggest threat as a striker. Um, so he's going to cause us problems again. I think it will be tight. Um, as we've said already, I think we'll have eighty percent possession or something ridiculous like that, not doing anything. Um, and I think it will be will be one one. We're playing with no confidence at the moment. I think it will be the same game plan that. Um, that Swindon did on uh, you know last weekend, and I think we'll we'll get punished again. Um, I'm trying to be a little bit positive to say that we're not going to lose, but I honestly don't think we're going to win. I think we're that low in confidence at the moment. Um, you know, momentum is is can swing both ways. If you're if you've got winning momentum, as we've seen with teams like Sheffield United over the last few years, it, you can absolutely skyrocket. But on the other on the other side of that, if you're you know, if you've got the losing momentum, it can go completely the other way and you can find yourself in lead two. So we need to ASAP kind of sort this out. Um, but I can't see it happening on Saturday. Uh, I have to be honest, and I'm gonna go for one one. Okay. Well, Johnny. Go. You're all wrong, four one, changing it. I've just had a really? premonition. We're going, to, we're going to turn it on. We're going to finish the pod with a positive, and you can all laugh at me next week when I'm in tears. 4 1 <laughs> town. Come on. See, I've been drinking so. in the background. <laughs> Only two. Yes. Well, as the boys and ourselves normally say on the main pod, any other business, anybody? Anybody else want to chuck any foul thing in before we wrap up? No of the business. Okay. Oh, no, John. Okay. Oh, Thomas as well. Well, God, why did I say that? <laughs> I just want to say well done to Marty and welcome along. 
Um, and it's great to have different people on. And, you know, we all like just chatting about town. And so it's good to have Marty on. And it's lovely to see all you fellas. Yeah, cheers, John. Oh, very nice. Very <laughs> nice. I saw, I saw a hand up from Thomas. Did you want to add anything else? I was just going to say it's a pathetic how Lambert wants to finish the season or stop the season. He's just trying to get COVID to save his job again, isn't he? But yeah, it's, it's good to see uh, Marty on here and Bono back again. So <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Yes, you, Tom. <laughs> but um, that, that also segues into me also saying if you want to get involved in Game Day Extra Time, get in contact with me at Rossman UK on Twitter. It's always good to hear different voices on the pod. And uh, yeah, well, now I'll be on Saturday, bottom of the league. What could go wrong? We'll wait and see. But anyway, I've been producer Ross and uh, we'll be back next week to review the Burton game and any other things that's been going on at the club. Uh, so, yeah, goodbye. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.